Hello, welcome to Not For Educational Purposes, where we take a random subject we know nothing about and attempt to understand more about it using the internet, while we careen off-topic and see how far away from the original purpose of the show we can get. Please be advised, this podcast is so unhinged that we lost the door centuries ago. There will be nonsense, chaos, lots of giggles, and most importantly, swearing and possibly mild sexual content. You know, all the fun stuff, not for children. Listen at your own discretion. A general trigger warning for this show, we tend to talk about a lot of things that involve the human body, blood, and death, and possibly sex occasionally. So, uh, fair warning. We do talk about things that are occasionally unsavory, so if you do not want to listen to that, be forewarned. Perfect. They're all so precious. Anyway, we should probably start this thing. <laughs> oh yeah, let's do that. <laughs> I don't know. Well, I'll I'll do something. I'll record something okay. later. But hello, welcome to Not for Educational Purposes. Um, hi, we're back. We're back. Yay! Uh, I am Kai. I'm Nova. Yay! Yeah! <laughs> we're gonna teach you a thing, or maybe not. Or maybe not. Probably we're, not. We're gonna spew some information at you, and whether or not you learn something is up to you. If you did not learn things about uh, Stray Kids, then that's on you. Go back and listen to that. Or become a patron. <laughs> or become a patron. Oh yeah, because that's gonna go on Patreon. Well, if you become a patron, you can hear us talk about Stray Kids. You can so... hear us uh on over stray kids for 12 minutes um, <laughs> <laughs> all right okay so yeah. i have i have two different types of things that Ooh. i think we uh i would like for us to start doing all right um throughout the week i have randomly wrote down uh things that i would like to know oh so instead of like looking up facts to google uh we're gonna ask questions yeah that uh my silly brain has been like i want to know this i want to know then this we'll google it right yes all right um and then also we've got you guys from instagram uh sending me cool facts that we are gonna fact check or things that you would like to know as well so like sweet like you know go go on instagram where sometimes i will put this out so that y'all can Send us facts also, or learn stuff. Uh, you can send us facts and or ask us questions at, um, oh God, I think it's hdwghproductions at gmail.com. Yes. That. Yeah. It's just how did we get here productions, but like just the first Just letter. the first letters of the first part. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Okay. Are we ready to get started? Do we let's, want to start with like questions or facts? Let's Let's start with your questions. Okay, so this came up on my stream the other day. Oh. It's, uh, what does it mean when you can't open your eyes in a dream? Oh. Because this happens to me a lot. Oh. Like, I will, this is a perpetual thing, because I, I dream, my dreams are very vivid and, like, intense, and so when I wake up, I usually remember most of it, or a good portion, but a lot of times... I will not be able to open my eyes and just like have to squint or like have my hold them open with my eyes. And halfway through, I just give up and I'm like, I'm just going to be blind in my dream. And I'll mm. walk around and try to figure it out. And eventually my eyes will open. Oh. What does that mean? <laughs> there, I mean, there's a lot of like, to be fair, most of this is interpretation and not yeah. fact because that's all interpreting dreams are it's just interpretation it's really like it's like reading tarot cards it's up to the person's interpretation or like what it feels like anyway 
That's fair. Um, but doesn't like your teeth falling out mean something? Yes, but there's a lot of different. There's a lot of conflicting answers here, which is why I'm uh, saying that. Um, I I would not be surprised if it was stress related. Well, there's one here that's interesting. Uh, okay. That. I looked at and immediately thought of you, which oh, no. is very telling. <laughs> Maybe this is what it means. Let me, let me, let me. Okay, so there's a number of reasons. That one's probably not it because that would be weird. <laughs> considering you're the least spiritual person I know other than myself. Uh -oh. Um. <laughs> so one of them could be protecting yourself from pain. Uh, it could be happening because you might be avoiding painful memories by putting up a barrier. You don't want to see the truth about yourself, which is why you are unable to open your eyes in your dream. That was not the one that I thought of. You refuse to allow that vision because it reveals things about you that you don't like or would rather forget. It could be past traumas you haven't faced yet or healed from. I don't think so, because, like, I know what's happening in my dream. Yeah. I just can't open my eyes. Ah, this is it's the one. It's very frustrating. This is the one. Um... This says under you are inexperienced, but I don't think that's correct. I think that's wrong. Uh, it says you okay. might be sailing blindly and have no clue what you were supposed to do in certain situations in your life. Ah, uh, that would make sense. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That was, that was the one. That was it. I was like, oh. <laughs> I'm trying to figure this out. Um, it's also a sign of insecurity. Might that not... Be uh, insecure about certain aspects of your life, like business... This has happened since I was, like, a kid. Yeah, so, like, in, uh, insecure about certain up. aspects of your life, like, business or relationships. So if you're, like, if, if it's been continually since you're a kid, and it's kind of just like, I'm not sure of what's happening or where my life is going, then that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that does. That makes a whole lot of sense. That's probably what it is. Yeah. It's wild that there's so many, I don't know, there's so many meetings to be like, this. But also... I don't know. Yeah. Dreams are wild and make no sense. As, do, you, do you believe that dreams mean things? Uh, or are they just your brain being Yes like and no. I So I think personally that dreams are our brain's reflection of what we do in our daily life. But yeah. because we're dreaming, it's like wacky and wild and like doesn't make a whole lot of sense but if like if if i look at it the the not being able to open your eyes thing did not make me think of anything being like oh that's like weird um but like sometimes yeah. <clears throat> you dream about like running away from something whether mm -hmm. or not it scares you or not you are running away from something which probably means you're running away from something <laughs> like yeah in in your in your daily life but it's also like that's the vivid dreams are the ones that you have during REM sleep and those are the ones that you remember and yeah. REM sleep is when your brain is cataloging everything that it did during the day so it's like it's categorizing memories it's putting things where they're supposed to be so those really super vivid dreams are the ones that you have when your brain is sorting through all its memories which is why I think that it has more correlation to do with what you've done in your daytime than, like, your brain just making up a scenario. Uh. Like, it has, it has 
a lot to do this is my own personal opinion but i believe it has uh -huh. a lot to do with what you do in life yeah that would make sense i feel like we went over that in psychology mm, actually probably. i think that is sort of what he was talking about yeah it's like this is what so i missed that class because i was sick which is <laughs> wild because like <laughs> i uh like i have like i said i have really vivid dreams and like dream almost every night mm. pretty consistently but like i have never had dreams like i did when I had 102 fever. Oh, fever dreams are wild. No, 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 no. It wasn't, though. Was That's it calm? the problem. It was just like, okay, and my little lizard brain in the yeah, very yeah. back, part of me believes that this is all a simulation. Right. Like, that is where if someone was like, gun to my head, what do you believe in? I'd be like, I guess that. Uh, because, like, I, I don't. I don't. I find yeah. it also silly, but my lizard brain is just like, this could be reality. Like, this could actually be what it is. I'm like, mm, okay. Uh, but <laughs> it did not help. These dreams did not help that because oh, no. they were real. Like, mm. I went through real scenarios, but like, in a way that would make it an alternate dimension. Yeah. Like, just, just reality a little bit to the left. And yeah. I was like... Yep. Yeah. Am I am I waking up? Am I so sick that I'm waking uh, up in the actual reality? Yeah. It was bad. It was so bad. But I was that's like, like no. when I say like fever dreams are wild, that is wild for you. Like that's a complete removal yeah, from true. what you normally experience. Like I God, mm -hmm. I was I was on stream last night and I was telling um my friend Sage and uh our mutual friend Rev about a dream that I had like months mm -hmm. ago that I only remember a small snippet of but the reason I remember this small snippet is because it cracks me the fuck up <laughs> like I don't know what any of it means but it makes mm -hmm. me laugh and basically in the dream I was like attempting to buy some like D&D &D dice okay and there was like you know how I don't know if you've ever been to a convention, but at conventions, they have, like, booths and things where you can, like, sell stuff, right? Yeah. This guy, the random-ass dude who I've never met before, but you can't ever make up a face, so clearly I've seen him somewhere. I don't remember what mm -hmm. he looks like, but I know he was white. Um, <laughs> but he was, like, you know, maybe mid-30s and, like, had this entire table, like, full of dice and, like, trading cards and... Mm -hmm like other weird gamey shit and i was looking through the dice and i was like i can't find i can't find any that i like and i was like i'm sorry like you know whatever and i kind of like turned to leave and he kind of walks up beside me and he's like here take these and hands me this like little bag like little velvet black bag and mm -hmm. i open it and inside are two d6 and they are pink and sparkly but on one side, they're clear, so you can see inside the dice. And uh -huh. inside the dice was an anime-style jiggle physics titty. <laughs> so, like, if you shook the dice a little, it would just... <laughs> I need someone to make these dice! Please. Please make them. <laughs> so funny! Like... I don't... Like, I don't know what any of that means. But, like... I had, like you know, those... these two D6s, and inside there were little, like, jiggle, jiggle physics titties. 
and, and I don't I just kind of went like in the dream I was like ah these are dope and I put them back in the bag and like you know put them in my pocket and carried on with my life but like I woke up and I immediately told my D&D party I was like sign D to tell you about this dream that I had oh man roll for memories roll for memories <laughs> Oh man! So was the clear side the six? I don't know. I don't think that I, I like. I don't even remember if these dice had numbers on them. Like that was not that was not a part of my brain. That was matter. That was not the part that mattered. That's really funny. Oh no! But I also remember thinking, like in the dream, like ah, these would be terrible to roll because the physics of them is just so wrong. <laughs> like yeah, they'd be weighted. They'd be weighted and you wouldn't be able to, like, do anything with them. But having them as novelty dice would be very cool. (laughs) Yeah. So, I think this, like, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so, before before we move, because, pause here, because it goes into the next question that Mm. I have. I had a note, because I was like, I I had a dream the other day um, where I had, like, I had come up with a question to write down for this podcast. (laughs) Uh... But then I Googled it. And so I was frustrated because now I couldn't use it for the podcast because I had already Googled it. And I was like, why did I do this to myself? I don't remember the question. I remember the question being a good one. But I do not remember the question. That's amazing. <laughs> share that. Oh, man. I don't think I even had even talked to you about like us doing this. Probably not. But that's what I mean by like your daily life going into your dreams. So you were probably thinking about doing this and about Mm -hmm. this being a segment and your brain was like, yeah, I'll run with it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, no. But D&D. Okay. So there is things like Skyrim. yeah? Yeah. What came first? D&D or like video game thingies or like I'm yeah fairly certain that Dungeons and Dragons is also old. yeah how old is Dungeons and Dragons because I have a follow-up question after this but Skyrim is also super old okay but you need to understand that tabletop gaming has been around before video games because computers oh that's true uh yeah. so yeah it was first published in 1974 for some reason that seems super young i thought it was older than that well i mean like in terms of technology computers i think started oh you mean skyrim i'm talking about Sky- uh, no not skyrim I'm-, I'm talking about dungeons and dragons okay so skyrim is the fifth installment in a well, franchise called the elder scrolls yeah that's what i mean um and those are also real old but like like those are from I really wish I liked Skyrim. Do you not? I just can't I cannot get past the graphics. Which is wild because I love Dragon Age Origins. I understand that. I would recommend you download some mods because modding Skyrim makes it real pretty. Okay. Maybe that'll help. Yeah. Base base game Skyrim is just kind of gray. Like it just yeah. constant grayscale, which I understand. Like it's very fitting for the game and like the place that you're in. It's very Pacific but it's also, Northwest. 
like super blocky and just like old. It is. And it's a little bit slow. And if you're used yeah. to playing Dragon Age, especially Inquisition, where it's like, these are everything oh, yeah. is gorgeous and the colors are beautiful. It's like, oh, okay, yeah, fair. Like one um, big acid trip. Yeah. I enjoy Skyrim. I like modded Skyrim better. Uh, okay, so Arena was released in 1994. Okay. Which was the first one. Oh, okay. The first first published version of Dungeons and Dragons was 1974, so that's 20 years, 20 years older than Elder Scrolls. Okay. Follow-up question. Yes. What was the first role-playing game after Evermade or Invented? Like, how Ooh. long ago... Were they playing it back in, like, ye olden times and shit? Probably. Like, ye olden bone dice? It would be... God. Wood dice? Would they make dice out of wood, or... I guess it depends on how old... Stones? That's fair. I don't know why I immediately went to bone. I mean, bone would be dope. Oh, man. There's a place that you can get bone dice, and I want them so bad. They're just so expensive. I bet they are. Because, yeah... Because as you know, I, I like people bones. <laughs> mm. So they're from people. Uh, and they come with like little cards of just like the description of the per- like the name of the person and all this sort of stuff. Like, oh, this is real cool. Because I like to get my bones ethically sourced. Ethically sourced bones. <laughs> oh, there's a joke in there somewhere. <laughs> Probably. I'm not sure I could find it right now. <laughs> something, something about ethically sourced boners we're not gonna go there um oh man oh we we have a, a cards against humanity card that we have made that is just like 100 percent. what is it 100 percent ethically sourced vegan like uh penis or something I like love that, that. <laughs> what is it oh i wish i could find the card find it later I think it's post like 100 percent on- ethically yeah. sourced dick or something like find that it, find it later post it on instagram yes um, <laughs> So Google believes that the first says the first commercially available role playing game is Dungeons and Dragons, but that's not the question that I asked. Google. No, it I because there there was no such thing as like copyright way back when. Yeah, so I mean, like it would be weird for me if people didn't have that type of thing. Yeah, there were definitely games that would probably have been played with dice. But I don't know what that would have been. When is the first documented role-playing game? Yeah. It's it's not gonna Yeah. <laughs> it's all it's all about Dungeons and Dragons. That's so rude. I know. Cause that's not the question. I know. Because like the question I asked was what was the first ever recorded role-playing game? Not Dungeons and Dragons. I mean, it might be. It might. That might be the first recorded one. But it would be very strange for me. Oh, wait. Hold on. Hold up. Eh? Ah, they would have been war games. Why? Well, no, I mean, like, um, sorry. Like, more like, um, Warhammer. So Dungeons and Dragons basically is a modern way of mixing strategy with improvisational acting um yeah so it dungeons and dragons is basically a war game with improv whereas like warhammer is kind of like you have a board and and you're like fighting people on another board i think is the idea of warhammer it's more like chess (laughs) 
Oh. But, um, yeah, so, like, strategy games. How old is improv? How old is theater is the real question. (laughs) Yes, but there's a difference between improv and theater. Yeah, but theater had to come from somewhere. (laughs) That's fair. So, did improv or scripts come first? What came first, the chicken or the egg? Uh, uh, technically the egg. So, is what yield and improv just be one big role play game? Is improv just a role playing game? Basically. Oh, just without okay. Dice. Well, okay. So I used to play. Uh, I I I was a larper for a very long time. Mm. Um, and what we used to play was like rock paper scissors. Yeah, <laughs> and use dice. Nice. <laughs> just a bunch of nerds aggressively rock paper scissors like. i love it um so apparently uh tournaments in the middle ages started as battle practice like jousts melees and other events etc um as the years progressed and tournaments began to be held on the days of major events such as noble weddings and feast days their popularity with the public rapidly increased Tournament took on a different role during the Middle Ages. They became full of pageantry and were influenced by Arthurian Arthurian romance literature. Okay. These events used a variety of costumes and actors, becoming an art form. Knights would wear colorful garments to show their loyalty to a lord or lady. Uh, Edward III of England regularly held tournaments where he and his personal guard would dress up as the famous knights of the round table. During the day's events, they would even take the characters' personas, almost like LARPing. So this is where LARP started. This is where LARP started. Yeah. That's hilarious, because LARP is still back in the olden time. Yeah. <laughs> um, so we could, like, it wasn't necessarily, like, a board tabletop role-playing game, but I would, I would yeah. hazard to say that this started much earlier than we think it does. Okay. I would, I would allow LARP to be added into yeah. the question because that's that's just standing up Dungeons It's just live dragons. action role play. Yeah. Which is what LARP stands for. Exactly. <laughs> Still a role play game. The question is RP game. Yeah. There role you go. play game. So. Uh, there was also Victori- Victorian parlor games. Um, they were the precursor to today's party games, but often featured the collaborative storytelling and improvisation of tabletop roleplay. Cool. So the answer is, for a very long time, we have been using our imaginations to escape reality. For a hot-ass minute. (laughs) Like, you know what would be more fun? If we pretend it. You want to know what would be more fun than literally everything that we're doing? Something different. (laughs) Something not real. Something not real. Oh, man. Uh, additionally, I feel like this leads into this question. I feel like we answered that. Yeah, I think so. We answered it to the best of our ability. Yeah. We are professionals, obviously. (laughs) Professional researchers (laughs) using Google. Um, so we're still in ye olden times. I wanted to know if they had musicals back in like ye olden Greek times. When did musicals start? I would be shocked if they didn't. Because the yeah. Greeks were known for their theater. Yes. And I know that there's like like the 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 ensemble, what are they called? Is it just the ensemble that they had? Huh? Back in, in Greek times? Because they had like the actors and then they had like the group of people that were like 
would tell the story sort of as they, oh. with the masks and stuff. And I know that they sort of had a cadence of music, but I don't count that as a musical. Right. Like they sung, they sung songs, sung. Yep. Okay. So this, all right. Uh, counter question. Yes. Do you consider opera to be a, a musical? No, that's opera. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's different. Ah, the first theater piece that conforms to the modern conception of a musical is generally considered to be The Black Crook, which premiered in New York on September 12th, 1866. Okay, so no. But that's that's the first piece of theater that conforms to the modern conception. It also yeah. like So I guess we would need to define we would a musical then. Or like what our our perception would be of a musical cuz I know there's like a working definition and then Yeah. Cuz art is not cannot really conform to a definition. Yeah. Um what would what would you consider a musical? Like what? Because like, I would consider could... a musical to be a play in which, in the same way that a soliloquy is done to the audience, you basically uh. replace the soliloquies with a musical number. Like the musical number is meant to convey an emotion and like further the plot. Yeah. And the spot the speaking in between is like secondary to that. Yeah. So it's mostly about the songs. Okay. I would I would agree with that. But they're like the but songs like, are the songs are meant to um But that's I feel like it would have to be a play that is equal parts talking and yeah. music. Yeah. But the music is what would be popular at the time. Yes. Versus like like opera. Opera is just opera. That yeah. is how the music is done. It is not necessarily what is popular at the time. But like musicals, their style tends to change depending on what mm -hmm. is going on at what time period and like what is popular at that time. You were right about Greece. No. <gasps> Why? Uh, so, uh... That's rare. <laughs> it's not actually you're very smart you just don't think you are um so the it says antecedents i don't that's a fancy word that i'd never heard of before but we'll go with it uh musical theater theater in europe can be traced back to the theater of ancient greece where music and dance were included in stage comedies and tragedies during the fifth century bce so we had musicals before we had proper plays <laughs> Yes. Oh, um, man. The dramatists, I don't know how to pronounce those, composed their own music to accompany their plays and choreographed the dances of the chorus is the thing that you're looking for. The ah, ensemble and yeah. the chorus are the same thing. Yes. There's third century BCE Roman comedies that included song and dance routines performed with orchestrations. The Romans also included technical innovations. For example, to make dance steps more audible in large open-air theaters, Roman actors attached metal chips to their stage footwear, creating tap shoes. <laughs> so cool! They said, we're gonna invent the tap shoes. Yes. Uh, the, music, the music from dancing. all these forms is lost, however, and apparently they had little influence on later development of musical theater. So the music itself had 
little development on musical theater, but I think the idea probably yeah. was more... By the Middle Ages, theater in Europe consisted mostly of traveling minstrels and small performing troops of performers singing and offering slapstick comedy. In the 12th That's and 13th centuries, religious dramas such as the play of Herod and the play of Daniel taught the liturgy set to church chants. Of course they did. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, mystery plays were created that told a biblical story in a sequence of entertaining parts. Make the religion easy for the poor people to consume and you will now have an entire group of people joining your cult. Congratulations. <laughs> like, that's... So, from what I know, you might have to fact check me on this. Yeah. A lot of, like, hymns and religious songs mm. are done to similar tunes that cult leaders would use. Mm -hmm. To indoctrinate their people, their their cult members. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, I think I think I'm right on that. I sure hope so. <laughs> but like, <laughs> it would make a lot of sense. Yeah, because <laughs> like the human brain is wild, and you can 100% convince people of stuff through song. Oh yeah. We're yeah. like you make make things easy to consume. Like, oh well, man. Like, we're like computers. You queue in the right code. You're like, ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's what music is. It's a code. <laughs> um, but yes, that was that was uh pre-Middle Ages, and then it goes into Renaissance in the 1850s. So yes, they had musicals they back had in Greece. They had musicals. We just don't know much about them. Yes. That's really cool. I love that, like, forever we have, one, been pretending, and two, had music in our productions, because it's more fun. Yeah. Music is great. Okay. Music is great. Music, hey, music has been around since people this, existed. This goes back around to Stray Kids. Go, oh, yeah, sweet. go listen to them. They're dope. They're great. We love them. Yes. Um, okay. Last question. It's out of the blue. I don't have a segue into That's it. That's fine. Um, I think I know this, the answer to this too. Uh, I just thought of it and was like, oh, only earlier today, I was like, oh, I think I've listened to, to a YouTube video on this, huh. but I wanted to know where did the term coming out of the closet come from? Oh, I think it comes from back when, um, back in, uh, prohibition or was it prohibition when, when like the first like pride sort of happened back uh, way back when they used to like storm into like speakeasies and stuff and like do a, a like a biological check so they would like look at your bits and be like are you wearing the right clothes for your uh. assigned gender or whatever and then they would put people that because they didn't have a place to like store them when they were like you're bad and so they put them in a closet while they went through everybody and then, huh. like, took away. I think, I think that's where that comes from. I am not sure. I could be full of shit. Well, I just wanted to guess before you like looked it up. We'll find out. I don't know. I uh... I do remember listening to a podcast on like the first Pride, which was really cool. Huh. And also, like, not at all because I've heard a couple different stories of the first Pride, and it is definitely not what I would expect. But mm. also, like, I find this person very credible. Mm. so i was like okay if it's bailey sarian if anyone has like does not go watch dark history by bailey sarian on youtube <laughs> do it 
it's dope. You learn a lot of things. Unless, like, this closet is just where all gays are born. I might have to look up a secondary thing. Okay. What was what was the primary? Um, hang what on. was the secondary thing? The secondary thing is the origin of where the term skeletons in the closet comes from. Oh? Are these, like, do they correlate? Yeah, or very they possibly. Okay. Oh, wild! <laughs> oh? Wow. Okay, that's... Huh. Where did the term skeletons in the closet come from? Share with the class. I'm working on it. Hang on. I'm sorry. I can only, re- I can only read so fast. <laughs> I'm impatient. You reacted and I was like, oh. <gasps> so, did, like, did, the meaning of uh, the idiomatic expression of a skeleton in the closet refers to a hidden source of something scandalous or shameful. It is the most co- commonly used when referring to something in the past that will cause potential ruin to a person or group of people when exposed. Oh, did the term skeleton in the closet come from, like, people actually putting skeletons in their closet? Yes. <laughs> That's, I mean, the, in, 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 in theory. So there are several theories about the origin of the expression. No matter where you trace it back to, the phrase came to mean the same thing and insinuated a dark past in the life of a seemingly innocent individual waiting to be exposed to the public. The closet or cupboard as fixed imagery gives a sense of the consummation of discovery. The exact origin is vague enough that all uses deserve exploration when considering how a skeleton... Oh, come on. Gothic origins. There's a number of theories. Okay, something is from El- Edgar Allan Poe. I like the body snatchers theory. What? This is another assumption suggests that the expression came from the infamous era of body snatchers. Before 1832, the use of corpses for medical research was frowned upon by British royalty and parliament. In order for doctors to study anatomy and teach their students, they had to steal dead bodies for their studies. The theory goes that the doctors would hide illegally obtained corpses and skeletons in cupboards or closets. I feel like I remember seeing a thing on that. There is no real evidence for this. Oh. Uh, so the there claim is, has been widely told, though. There is there is a story about, oh man, about medical research and some racist shit that went down. Because they were like, yeah. the medical people were like snatching like white people bodies. And then they were like, don't do that. And so they started snatching uh, like out of the 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 black people graveyards. Yeah. Which, in it, that is just bad. That's just rude in general. Um, but like, they were just like, meh. And then a whole thing happened. I think that's where a town got flooded. Oh. No. Nope, that wasn't when a town got flooded. That's when something else happened. I don't remember the the like end of that story. But I do remember that there was a whole like... A whole problem about that. Mm. Don't steal people's bodies. Don't steal and if bodies. You do, if you want to steal people's bodies, don't be racist about it. Yeah. Steal bodies equally. Steal equal opportunity body snatching. <laughs> body snatchers. <laughs> steal everybody's bodies. Steal everyone's <laughs> bodies. Don't discriminate. We're all skeletons underneath all that skin. Yes. Oh man, I thought of a because I want a human skull so bad. Ethically sourced, please don't snatch me a body. Uh, <laughs> I would like an ethically sourced human skull. And my brain went, "Well, you already have one," and I was like, yeah, I'm "Using it." <laughs> Unfortunately, it's holding my brain. Dang it! So, 
Okay, so the phrase coming out of the closet seems like it might be a an amalgamation of two different phrases, one of them being skeletons in the closet because it was like for some people seen as shameful. Yeah. Um however, coming out was actually more of like formally a formal presentation. So coming out, however, has long been used in the gay community, but it first meant something different than it does now. A gay man's coming out originally referred to his being formally presented to the largest collective manifestation of pre-war gay society, the enormous drag balls that were patterned on the debutante, debutante and masquerade balls of the dominant culture and were regularly held in New York, Chicago, New Orleans, Baltimore, and other cities. So the phrase coming out did not refer to coming out of hiding, but joining into a society of peers. Oh, cool. Yeah. I had a, I had a follow-up question to that as you were saying it, and now it's gone. I oh. Understand. You love it when that happens. It's great. <laughs> oh, so when did the term gay stop meaning happy and start meaning homosexual? Mm. Mm. This is just leading into more questions. That's... That's what this podcast is about. There's a whole thing <laughs> yeah. in the beginning, beginning that says we pick a subject and we go down it as far as we can until we stop. <laughs> it's like, what? Okay. 1960s. 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 Relatively recent. Okay. Uh, Mark the transition in the predominant meaning of the word gay from that of carefree to the current homosexual. But for why? Why did it change? In the British comedy drama film Light Up the Sky... Uh, about the antics of a British army searchlight squad during World War II, there is a scene in a mess hut where the character played by Benny Hill proposes an after-dinner toast. He begins, I'd like to propose, at which point a fellow diner interjects, who to, implying the proposal of marriage. The Benny Hill character responds, not to you for a start, you ain't my type. He then adds in mocked out, oh, I don't know, you're rather gay on the quiet. Which, like, that was just the term at the time like i don't know it's it interesting yeah uh by 1963 a new sense of the word gay was known well enough to be used in a book so it was like it was started in 1960 and by 1963 it was a it had changed that seems so recent it's very recent a lot of That's, things that have happened are very recent. I don't like this. I feel like we have grown up in an era where things just like keep snowballing the more like yeah. everything was going at a pretty consistent pace for a hot second. And then like, I don't know, my parents' generation, I guess, would be where I would start it. Yeah. Is like this snowball effect of one thing after another and it just keeps getting faster and faster and faster of like progression wise. Yeah. I don't, I don't like it. No. However, I will say, um, because of that, specifically, like, us in the, I think, like, younger millennial, uh, early Gen Z, like, zillennial portion, so, like, the people mm-hmm. born between 1992 and 1997, eight-ish, mm-hmm. are stupid good at adapting to, like, weird wild changes that makes sense like because we were born during the beginning of the snowball 
Mm -hmm. Like, in just in terms of technology, for example, Windows 95 came out in 1995. It's called 95 for a reason. Um, yeah. And that was the first computer I had. But by the time I had that computer, Windows 97 was also out. And then, like, I forgot the one that came out after that. But there was, like, this... We have grown up, we've seen the progression of... This very fast progression of, like... Yeah oldish quote unquote things to newer fancier more like ro quote i guess robotic stuff like things yeah. that have quote unquote brains as opposed to the box that you had to use before yeah but like because of that i think we're a lot more intuitive as to like how things work like if you gave us a machine that looked old that we've never seen before it's more likely that we would be able to figure out what it's used for than yeah. Gen Z. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. It's the, it's the, I can, I can set a clock on just about anything. Yeah. I can set a microwave clock. I can set a VCR clock. I, I can, can read, set... I can read like a manual clock. <laughs> yeah. We're the, we're the figure outers. We are. We are the. They're just like, yeah. figure out how to use this. And we're like, okay. All right. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's that's something we should all be able to put on a resume. I can figure like, out shit. I can figure out just about anything. Yeah. Give me... My dad... Give me 10 minutes in Google, I'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My dad was saying that's essentially his job. Like, my dad writes nice. computer programs and, like, oh, fixes yeah. Um, Because he's, he's so smart. One of the smartest people I've ever met. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like... He was saying how his job is mostly just Googling stuff and figuring out how to do it. Like, he, this man has a college degree. Yep. He's just like, I Google it. Yep. I was like, okay. That's just yep. how the world works. Again, we should be teaching people how to look up information Absolutely. instead of, like, shoving information in their brains. Absolutely. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Okay. Do we want to, do we want to move on to some facts? Let's do a few. We are nearing an hour. Oh, okay. Then, then we can we can, we can, we do can a wind down with some facts. How about we wind down yeah. with some facts? Okay, I want to know this. So, uh, Connor Harwood one on Instagram says dolphins have been seen to use pufferfish to get high. <laughs> <laughs> I want this to be true, but also this poor pufferfish. Oh my god. Do, do they like do a mouth to mouth sort of situation? Or are they just like like pufferfish air is how did the dolphin oh well aren't dolphins like just as smart as we are? Yes, but I wanna know like how they get high with the pufferfish. It's cause the pufferfish is toxic. Oh. Just like alcohol. Yeah. It's like who are you eating anyway? Oh my gosh. Do they extinct themselves? <laughs> I, first of all, I love the opening line to this. It says, humans aren't the only creatures that suffer from substance abuse problems. Horses <laughs> each eat hallucinogenic weeds, elephants get drunk on overripe fruit, and bighorn sheep love narcotic lichen. <laughs> oh no. Everybody's trying not to live in reality. <laughs> it's true. We all said this is bad. 
Footage from a new BBC documentary series, Spy in the Pod, reveals what appears to be dolphins getting high off of pufferfish. Pufferfish produce a potent defensive chemical which they inject uh, when threatened. In small enough doses, however, the toxin seems to induce a trance-like state in dolphins that come into contact with it. <laughs> so it's implied. It is not like... We don't know this for sure, but... Um, it does say the dolphins were filmed gently playing with the puffer, passing it, passing it through each other uh, for th 20 to 30 minutes at a time, unlike the fish they had caught as prey, which were swiftly torn apart. Zoologist and series producer Bob Pilly said that it was the first time dolphins had been filmed behaving this way. At one point, the dolphins are seen floating just underneath the water's surface, apparently mesmerized by their own reflections. Okay. Are, I don't know why I would think otherwise. Are dolphins carnivores? Yes. Why did I not... I don't know why I was just like, yeah, they eat water? I don't know. I, I mean, don't... so... What do they eat? Dolph fish. Oh, just like fish? Yeah. And just fish? Yeah. Dolphins... dolphins well, I mean, dolphins hunt not just fish. Dolphins hunt a lot of things, but they are carnivores, yeah. That's wild. So like most big they have teeth. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um... Fish are scary. These are there are reasons I'm not gonna go into the ocean. There are big scary things that could eat me. You should still, you know, one day come up here and admire the ocean from afar. But Yes, I can do that. I appreciate the ocean from Just a not distance. Being in it. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Me too. <laughs> yeah. I no. Um, I'm usually not a big fan of like man-made things. I love man-made like like wave pools because mm. I love big waves. Not going to not going to get in the ocean. That's scary. There are scary things and we know my biggest fear is sharks. Mm. I to Have put you in Googled I put that? in what type of animal are dolphins? Oh. And the first thing that came up was like dolphins aren't fish. I was like, "Thank you." Just like that's that's exactly what I asked. <laughs> Google, good job. They are technically whales. They're just okay. really small whales. And whales are split into two different categories. Those that have teeth and those that have the other type of teeth. So, like but the straw teeth versus the like pointy teeth? Don't don't one of them have like straw teeth? Or am I just remembering that from finding Nemo no, there's, and there's, crazy? The, there's the type of There's the type of teeth that like filter plankton and yeah. then there's the type of teeth that chomp yeah and those are two very different things i feel like a dentist should be able to answer this question yo <laughs> if not what did you get your degree for human teeth Ugh. oh rude <laughs> okay um another fact yeah let's do one more okay samuel whitlock I think that's how you pronounce it. Probably not, so I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. On Instagram said, did you know that lizards can't walk and breathe at the same time? What? <laughs> that's, we have to fact check. I don't uh, know why I really want this to be true. What? Is that why they run and stop all the time? <laughs> I know that, don't they have like a little, another eye on the top of their head? Do they? Or is that just... I, they, I they know they might have a spot that can see like light and stuff. But I don't think they have my, a secondary eyeball. Yeah, well, my iguana skull has a little hole in the top of its head. 
from where it's like little little eye thing is like it they don't see they can't like you said yeah. they can't see it's like light light and dark but yeah that's about dinosaurs i don't want dinosaurs <laughs> i want lizards i do have one more after this and then okay just because it's cute it's not it's not a fact but it is something that i would like to know oh oh okay okay that is partially correct oh that's really interesting so lizards like all reptiles and amphibians evolved from fish that's part of the problem fins became legs and feet set far away from the body consequently they walk and run in a sprawling way yeah as a lizard steps on his right foot, for example, he flexes his trunk to the left and squeezes air out of the left lung and therefore cannot breathe using both lungs. So if they're like in a this position, this lung is like compressed and this one is open. So they're breathing using the right lung. So that's like... Yeah, they got a both so he, like back he, and forth. They breathe using both lungs only when their body is straight, which is between steps. At a walking pace, this works fine, but when running, the steps twist the body so quickly there isn't time to breathe. So lizards can breathe when they walk. They cannot breathe when they run. That's so wild. So they do have to run, stop, run, stop, run, Seems stop. Like a poor design flaw absolutely or a major design flaw like how because you can only hold your breath for so long and when you're like doing a physical activity you mm. need to breathe mm -hmm. i guess they also don't like sweat so they it also depends different. on temperature when it's when it's colder they breathe less oh also, like, I should say that this article is 13 years old, so it might not be accurate, but it's the only one. But I this is what we got. This is what we got. So can't they like like freeze in the winter and be fine when it warms up again? Pretty much. Like fish. Yeah. Like fish are wild. Like I'm just dead for a little bit. Yeah, and pretty then much. Back up. I think they go into something like, called torpor, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Which is like also a vampire their masquerade power, which hey. is <laughs> Okay, last thing. Yeah. Um uh I have no clue how to pronounce this. Jescobit. J E S C O B I D. Yep. Uh wants to know what's your favorite dinosaur? What's your favorite dinosaur? Brontosaurus. I know they're not real, but they still are my favorite. I don't Technically have... they are real, they're just a different thing. I don't have a favorite dinosaur. <laughs> Oh, how do you not have a favorite dinosaur? I wasn't obsessed with dinosaurs as a kid. I didn't pick one. Neither, neither was I, but I still picked one. But I didn't. You have to like. I find this I ironic, considering that my grandpa was a paleontologist. Oh yeah, <laughs> didn't they like start a museum or something? That was my. That was museum? my great. Hold on, that's my great great uncle. Oh okay, that's my yeah. That's my. That's my great grandfather's brother who has the museum. <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, he doesn't guess, have it anymore. He just has all of his stuff in it. Oh, I guess he would be dead now. He's very dead, yeah. Yeah. And he's just like, <laughs> instead, he's just like, I just want you to keep all my stuff just in case yeah. I come back. Yeah. It's just great. a big storage unit. Yeah. I'm just going to go die. And then when I get reincarnated, I'll, <laughs> I'll come back for my shit. <laughs> 
Um, no, I don't have a favorite dinosaur. I that's how did you make friends as a child? That's a good question. What's your favorite dinosaur? I just made friends with people friend. who also didn't have dinosaurs. <laughs> like, I don't have one. I don't <laughs> like, have one. We'll be friends. No, I like I, that's a, I don't know. Usually, that's like so you just funny. annoy somebody enough and they become your friend. <laughs> that's also fair. I think that's how I made most of mine, and also how I lost most of mine. That's that's definitely how one of my best friends became my friend. Like she was so annoying in grade five. Like, you're just, <laughs> the worst let me teach you how to not be a terrible person <laughs> and then we became friends yes uh, but i, fully I feel like don't that's... remember how i met my friend in grade two i think that's what happened in like cinderella with anastasia and cinderella in like the second movie or the third movie i don't know they need to stop making those movies i haven't but, seen like... either of the sequels Oh, all I remember, okay, the only good thing that ever came out of a sequel was Anastasia wasn't a bitch anymore, and she married a baker, and he was cute, and I was like, yes, this is adorable. Was Anastasia one of the stepsisters? Yeah, she was oh. the one that wore the pink dress. Oh, okay. I loved Anastasia, because she was like, she didn't want to be bad, she just wanted to be liked. Yeah. 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 And then she married, instead of, like, going and finding a rich guy to marry like her mom wanted she was like i just like this baker like baker I yeah baking cute. yeah it was so cute oh i love that uh but no i don't have i don't have a favorite dinosaur ah i could technically say crows are crows dinosaurs well birds they're birds, birds are, are descendants. Yeah. the dinosaurs are birds descendants so ha <laughs> yeah that no <laughs> that doesn't count well, they if have I to don't not, have that a, can't if I, be real. If I don't have a dinosaur, then, you know. Well, if you ever do end up having a favorite dinosaur, you have to tell it on the podcast. Ah, uh, you know, wait, hang on a second. There's a, there's a big old, it's a sea dinosaur. Hang on. It's a sea dinosaur? Yeah. I think that's what brontosauruses are now. Is they're giant sea dinosaurs because they're like, like what they had as brontosauruses were a bunch of bones that didn't belong together. They were like, this is a dinosaur. They were like, oh, this doesn't fit. And then people got upset and they were like, we will just name something else a brontosaurus. It also has a long neck. It just got, has flippers. Uh, I think that's the one that I'm thinking of, actually. Is a sea brontosaurus? Yeah. It's the, it's, yeah. The, it's the big long one with the four flippers. Yeah, I think that's what that is. All right. But whatever the fuck that one's called. <laughs> yeah. Okay. That well. guy. <laughs> We forced you into a decision. Oh, man. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Yeah, that was fun. It was nice to get back at it. Like, what? Like, learn stuff. It was nice to get back at it and learn stuff again. That was a big stretch. That was a big stretch. Good job. Big stretch. (laughs) Big stretch. (laughs) All right. Thank you for joining us. Uh, You can find us on the Twitters at HDWGH. D. you can also ask yeah. us questions there if you want to ask us questions on instagram you can t- send them to the flicker spark uh yeah. if you want to email us it's hdwghproductions at gmail.com lots of places you can send in either questions that like you want answers to or like weird facts that you know yeah. like any of these things yeah. i i do not have to be the only one that comes up with questions yeah and I will also yeah. attempt to do that. See, the, my issue is that anytime See, I have a question, I just look it up immediately. <laughs> but 
See, you don't have to do that. That's not your, your job is to Google. You can't, you don't need to have both jobs. That's, that would be rude. That's I overloading. <laughs> but also you can, if that is a thing that you wish to do. We'll figure it out. It is, it is very frustrating to just be like, I want to know what this is. Yeah. And not Google it. You're yeah. just like, That's I have to fair. sit on this. <laughs> All right. Thank like you for joining us, is... everybody. We will yeah. be back whenever we're back. <laughs> yeah. This was a lot of fun. Right, we'll see you. We we'll see you next time. Yes. Goodbye. Bye. Special shout out to Charles Lucas for being a premium praiseworthy potato on Patreon. Thank you so much for your support. <laughs> 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 <laughs>